0: Donald Trump, but for COVID, was a very good president. This is a narrative I have seen a ton online. I have seen a ton of people talk about it. I've heard people talk about it, I should say, because I want to get language correct on this show. And we're gonna deep dive on that very subject. I'm Andrew Coppins, he's Padoni, and this is Critical Thinking. <laughs> Good Deep Dive Thursday to you all. Like I said, I'm Andrew Coppins. He over there, he is Mr. Pat Oney. And uh, we're deep diving into Donald Trump, his record. Was he really a good president in spite of COVID? And if COVID just didn't, quote unquote, happen to him, we're going to get into that part of the narrative as well. But if COVID just didn't, quote unquote, happen to him, he actually was a really good president. I'm going to deep dive into that subject with Pat, uh, but before we get there, Mr. Pat Oni, how are you on this Thursday? Oh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. That's what they all say. That's what they all say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, I keep having this like weird frog in my throat, and I cannot get it out, and it's so annoying. So to those that are listening, you might hear me slurping on some coffee or or uh, some water, um, trying to get it to loosen up. That I haven't been said. Um, you know, sometimes other people's thoughts become ideas that spark in your head, right, Pat?
2: Sure, I,
0: I suppose. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but um, when, when other people speak, sometimes I actually think. I'm just going to guess that that you do that as well. Because you are part of critical well, thinking, uh, yeah. I
2: mean, although some might debate yeah. that, um, some would debate what that I can think. Yes, some would. Why? Why? Why would some debate that? Why is that? A, why would that be a thing?
0: I don't know. But earlier this week, um, there was a tweet put out by Steve Dace and basically kind of resetting his big picture view of the 2024 GOP presidential primary race. And he listed like, I want to say like seven or eight things. I can't quite remember how much or how many of them, but either way. Um, One of the things that he had mentioned in his resetting his big picture view of the primary was that, quote, Trump prior to COVID was a very good president but he failed that final miserably at the end of the school year. Did he learn any lessons? Now, the second part is something that we have talked about ad nauseum on this program. Donald Trump is repentant is non repentant, right? He is not going to repent over his handling of COVID. He believes operation warp speed was a genius move. It was executed brilliantly and but for that america would have been in serious trouble again that is to only look at one part of what he did during covid did he learn any lessons the the first answer to this question is no because as we look at what he is doing on the 2024 campaign trail, what is he doing? He's repeating the 2016 playbook, right? right. We know that he refuses to answer real tough questions. Um, he goes to only friendly media. It, it's almost like he learned the Joe Biden lesson, I guess, if, if there is any lesson to actually have been learned in all of this. And what do I mean by the Joe Biden lesson? Don't talk to unfriendly media. Did Joe Biden go on the blaze? Did Joe Biden go in no, front of Ben no. Shapiro? Did Joe Biden no. go in front of opposition media? No. Okay. Has Donald Trump gone in front of opposition media? Sorta, of, kinda. He did CNN, right? But I say maybe a little but bit. But yeah. He uh, he has only done opposition media in friendly enviros, if you will, right? where the CNN moderator during that town hall was the only person in the room that wasn't friendly to Donald Trump, right? And, and he plays that victim card very, very well. That being said, he hasn't learned any lessons from his handling of COVID. We know that. So let's, let's say, did he learn any lessons? No. I think we can both look at that and say, we don't see him having learned anything from his presidency, from his failed 2020 campaign, from COVID. The other part of this, Pat, is he's embraced mail-in or mail-out balloting. He went on the record and embraced ballot harvesting. Now, we have talked about this as the reality of the election cycle that is in front of us. If a state is going to allow that to occur, you've got to play on the playing field while you still fight to say that that is not something that we should be able to do. Because if you tie one hand behind your back in, let's say, I don't know, Colorado, or you tie your hand behind your back in Michigan, where ballot harvesting is allowed, right? You tie that that hand behind your back, your opponent is fighting with both hands. You've Put yourself in a bad position, but he is embracing ballot harvesting. He is embracing uh, the concept of mail out balloting. He's embracing all of the things that lost him the 2020 election, not to win in 2024, but because he believes that these things are good things. No, they deserve to be fought in leading into the 2024 primary. Shouldn't you be fighting those fights? So as I look at this question, did he learn any lessons? The lessons he seemed to have learned are maybe perhaps um, the lessons that Joe Biden took to win in 2020. From the right, I would suggest that those are not lessons in which you gain any value.
2: I could also make the argument that he learned, hey, I need to go back to my original recipe because that's what won me the election the first time.
0: Mm. Here's the problem with what? what's the original recipe?
2: Getting up and insulting everybody on stage, making them look as bad as horrible as possible and making himself look like the best option.
0: And then playing the victim, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. We saw that play out a little bit in 2016. We also saw him go on the offensive offense um, in terms of insulting people, in terms of the personal attacks, right?
2: A lot of it, that's coming from a defensive standpoint now, I would argue.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. But it is that playbook. I don't think he learned any lessons from his presidency, And more importantly, did he learn any lessons from failing the final, as Steve Dace was pointing out? I don't think
2: so. No, I don't think so at all.
0: No, I I doubly don't think so. Now, having said that, I think the most important part of this is the narrative that Steve and literally hundreds, you've got Charlie Kirk saying the same thing. Um, You have... um, Glenn Beck saying the same thing. You've gotten Mark Levin. You've gotten almost Tim Poole has said kind of the same thing. But for COVID, this was a really good presidency. I mean, my if question you're would be it- this: How are you? First off, let's answer this question: How hmm. are you going to measure a quote unquote good presidency?
2: I, I think a lot of a lot of these guys are comparing it to his predecessors. To especially to to Obama and Bush, even to some degree, and be, just because he's probably one of the more or, well, he is one of the more recent presidencies, and they're comparing it to the policies and what happened during those presidencies, and how the country was doing under said both presidents. Um, I it, it, I think they're comparing it to that, and if that's what they're doing, and if I'm right on that, the bar is not very high.
0: That's, that's a fair assessment, I think. The other mm. part of this, Pat, is, again, the lens that you want to look at that subject through because you made the argument that, well, the bar is pretty low. If you are talking about your agenda, your policies, and all of that getting through, mm. let me ask you one question. Who is a bigger success? Barack Obama, or Donald Trump?
2: Well, let's see. What what? So, what would you say? I, I guess what would you say was Donald Trump's number one thing? The wall? Was that his number one? Like I would policy say taxes, going into taxes is his number one. Taxes. Okay, so taxes taxes being his number one. And then Obama, I mean, Obamacare, right? Like, I think that that's by far. Okay. Um, Obama got Obamacare done within his first 100 days of of office. Um, How long did it take Donald Trump to get the tax cuts done? I don't know if he got that done within the first 100 days. I I thought it was.
0: Obamacare? I thought he got it done in 2010 prior to the election. I think it took them a couple of years.
2: Did it take them a couple of years? I thought yep. they passed it before. I I could be totally wrong. Um it it, it seemed like that that would that, that happen relatively quickly.
0: Yeah, I was right. March 21st of 2010. March okay, okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um now now what you're thinking about is that this is when um I this is when I believe they were coming up to the eve of the 2010 Tea Party election.
2: Maybe that's what it was.
0: Yep, because this
2: is March of 2010. So yes. Yeah. So those those tax cuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I remember, if I recall, they have a deadline on those, right? Yes, they did, or, or they did, um, and or do can't remember yeah and then on on top of that um did they cut spending when they cut those taxes no of course not okay so was it the success that it could have been and then what, what 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 was going on around those tax cuts wasn't it also um getting rid of and replacing obamacare I mean, the tax cuts to me felt like a consolation prize to what was happening around it at the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, potentially, but these also were what? Drivers of the economic engine that... True, true. And here's what I'm going to say on this subject from the very top of he was a very good president. The only way that the only lens that you can see that through, in my view, is but the economy's stupid. Here's my problem with this, because mm-hmm. you can talk about the tax cuts, you can talk about the fact that we had grown GDP at exorbitant rates. You can talk about um, all of those types of things, right? Right. Obviously, you could talk about the flip side being that we spent like drunken sailors and imagine what would have happened if we would have reined in spending while our GDP grows. Da-da-da-da-da. OK, all of those things.
2: Why you the a of that? Was the-
0: real wages were going up for the first time ever in mm-hmm. our lifetimes, like real wage growth, not just stagnation, not just keeping up with the Joneses, if you will, but actually growing we saw unemployment levels at historic lows, right? We saw growth in the uh, real estate sector. Again, prior to COVID, growth was healthy in the real estate sector. Growth went bananas in terms of prices in the real estate sector. I can also argue that there were a lot of things, but the question always for me to the people who say, but the economy, for any president, by the way, how much did the president affect that economic situation? Or is it just the forces of the capitalistic marketplace working their own ebbs and flows and machinations? I say this because you can look at Barack Obama and you can look at George W. Bush's policies around the housing collapse of 2007 and 8, right? Did they do anything to actually stabilize the economy? No. No. How do we know that? It wasn't until roughly 2012, 2013 that we began to see any sort of rebound in the housing market. Now, they propped up massive corporations like GM and, and banks and and all sorts of, of places. And it might have been, quote unquote, a little bit worse. But I can also make the argument that if you let the market work itself out, you would be surprised how quickly things would have made the changes. So again, they made massive in changes to how this economy was supposed to work. From a housing perspective, right? The rules of Fannie and Freddie um, and the lending practices changed and all this other stuff, right? To the point that I believe as of last, was it last November or December or this January, one of those three months, we actually saw the tightest regulation or not regulation, but the tightest amount of of qualification, if you will, for a mortgage that the market has ever metered out. Meaning it was harder to get a mortgage. It but the narrative was that it's much easier. They're throwing they're throwing crazy jack out there. You can get a conforming limit with mm-hmm. like, you know, crazy No, that's actually not what was going on. They're actually it was actually it's actually harder to get a mortgage today than it was Um, three years ago, two years ago, even a year ago. So all of that being said, my point in this is, what lens are you actually looking through to answer the question of, prior to COVID, he was a very good president?
2: Well, and the point that I was going to make is a lot of the economic strides that he made under his presidency, if that's what people are going to hang their hat on, a lot of that was negated during the COVID Correct. You are correct
0: in Mm. that because they did what they quote unquote temporarily shut down the economy for the good of the American people. Right. And what ended up happening? Right. Massive, massive governmental debt to the tune of trillions of dollars in in PPP loans that will never be paid back. The uh, massive spend in unemployment uh, guarantees. Right. Mm. I mean, I the sick part in a lot of it was that for for people like me who went through the sixty day layoff period and then getting you know laid off, right? So we were part and parcel, especially the industry of the company that I was working for. We were the victim of the shutdown. Literally, nobody was traveling, nobody was parking, nobody was doing any of those things. And in a business that is hell bent on what parking, that's a problem, right? So, but for me, right, I was part and parcel of, I got a massive benefit from the government. I was making money by sitting home on unemployment, gathering in that money. I was making, let me think about this.
2: Were you making more money than actually going to work?
0: Yes. That was my point is I was making more money than actually going to work at that point, which is insane for the government to have done that, by the way. Now, would I could I have made a case that if you are going to shut us down, right? If you are doing that, you owe it to us to pay our salary. Could I can make the argument? Do I think it's a great argument? Not necessarily, but what is the alternative? Right? The alternative argument is stop shutting us down. But if you right. if I lose that argument, do I then just also get to lose my livelihood?
2: Right. And I think I think this is the, the, the lens that I would look at this through is, OK, yeah, but the but the economy, bro, you can't you can't give Trump the credit of the economy of the previous three years from you know 2016 to 2019. And then in 2020, um, have everything shut down, pretty much have all that economic process, progress negated yeah. An
0: excuse and excuse it and not way.
2: hold him accountable to that.
0: Yep. You can't you can't praise and then excuse away. Right. Like that. That is a very intellectually inconsistent position. Now, I would argue if you are MAGA forever, you are already intellectually inconsistent because being consistent intellectually would be able to do what, Pat? Critically think and be critical of things that were bad. Now, I would suggest the lens that is best to look through when it comes to this issue, is the lens of what did you promise and what did you deliver? Because that is really the only thing we can hold politicians to, in my view. Because again, my thesis is that presidents especially, because they have no real legislative power, the only power that they have when it comes to the purse, when it comes to all of the the machinations of government is execution, right? Hence the Mm -hmm. executive branch. They get to execute. Now, can they help set budgets? Can they help with this? Can they help with that? Can they um, provide priorities, right, that they would like to see the legislative branch use? Absolutely. And go through? Absolutely they can. But at the end of the day, realistically, it's the higher of the Fed it's the higher ed treasury and it's the priorities that they place in front of the legislative bodies that matters. That's it. That's the only thing, the only levers, tariffs, all that still have to go through Congress, right? You can't just unilaterally Mm -hmm. slap a tariff on. So again, again, I don't give much credence one way or the other, by the way, because I can make an argument that uh, that Bill Clinton's policies that were enacted by the Republicans, right, the Republican surplus and the Republicans did this and the Republicans did that in concert with Bill Clinton, led to pre-9-11 economic booming, right? Right. Okay, I can also make a case that the exorbitant spending coupled with the Reaganomics policies, right, Reaganomics only really worked when you saw government spending reined in on top of what was going on, right, quote-unquote trickle-down economics, even though I believe that to be an absolute abomination of the idea of... That it was in place economically right the Laffer curve and and all of those things mm. that notwithstanding I can make the argument that late stage Reagan economic policies or the policies that were enacted during his presidency led to Bill Clinton being elected because we are in in and in, in also into the 95 uh, crash right? You can make those arguments, but Bill Clinton was president for three years, right? Or two and a half years when that happened. The point of that is to say, the president, for me, economically, is not the end-all, be-all. No, it never has been. The only way that you can prove to me that an economic situation happened because of the president is, is if there's a budget issue, a tariff issue, or something with the Treasury or the Fed. Those are the only four things that they really have a, a personal effect on. And by the Treasury and the Fed, it's whom they're appointing, whom they're putting in place. Are they watching what is going on? I can make the argument right now that we are likely prolonging a recession because of our continued federal reserve policies. Again, I'm not a total economics expert. I have knowledge in this area. I have knowledge in the real estate world. I have knowledge of interest rates. I have some knowledge in that field, but I'm not a deep technical person when it comes to some of those things. So I want you to understand, I firmly believe the only way you can measure whether somebody was a very good president, a good president, a bad president is. Number one, what was their legacy? And number two, what policies did they or what platform did they bring forward? And was that platform enacted and did it result in good for the American people?
2: Should we go through with
0: that lens? Hmm.
2: That being said, should we go through some of the policies that he, quote unquote, promised in 2016 that he was supposed to enact throughout his first four years? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. We should.
0: But before we do that, Pat, I say we play a little bit of the B or not the B to give people a little bit of a break. Let's do that. All right. Are you ready for today's headline? always ready are you though always all right today's headline air force officer testifies under oath to congress that u.s military has recovered quote-unquote non-human bodies of alien pilots air force officer testifies under oath to congress that u.s military has recovered non-human bodies of alien pilots while you are thinking about the answer as to whether or not this comes from the Babylon Bee or not the Bee com, hence the term Bee or not the Bee, folks, again, we always emphasize this. Do business with those that want to do business with you because they want to have a good product and don't care about your politics. Do business with those who do not want to insult you. It's just that simple. And that's our friends over at CoffeeBrandCoffee.com. Again, you can go to CoffeeBrandCoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout for 5% off of your purchase today. Critical Thinking is the promo code. CoffeeBrandCoffee.com is the web address. Again, it's fresh roasted, packaged, put together for you coffee. In fact, uh, in my cup, I've got a little strawberries and cream. Mm -mm -mm.
2: Refreshing, is it? Oh, it's
0: great, especially... On 90-degree summer <laughs> days.
2: Just now, out of curiosity, I, could,
0: I, I could replace this with strawberry wine. That would be great. I I, I would love to do that. Um, that's from one of our place, favorite places in the entire world, named uh, Cedarburg, Wisconsin, by the way.
2: Just out of curiosity, do you are are, are you a fan of the iced coffees at all? No, not, nah, bro. Okay. Just, I, I, just, I, don't, I don't get
0: down with the iced coffee. I just can't.
2: Just curious because I didn't know if you would do like the whole iced coffee thing with your strawberries and cream. There,
0: I'll ask my wife. She she's the uh, cold brew type individual to the point in which, right. I mean, we're she has a cold brew addiction. Um, we've got at least six six to eight uh, cold brew packages in in the weight in the wings. Like it's ridiculous, so, the amount, but.
2: So, it's so almost as ridiculous words, as her shoe collection, but hey. So what you're saying is your wife is more hip than you are. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. She
0: is much better looking than I am. I, I will say that.
2: But you're more hip than your wife. Mm hmm. That might have to be a deep dive Thursday in and of itself sometime. (laughs) Isn't that something for a deep dive with a psychologist? (laughs) Uh, And I am not qualified to be the psychologist.
0: (laughs) All right. So with that being said, Pat, is this Air Force officer testifies under oath to Congress that U.S. military has recovered non-human bodies of alien pilots? The B or not the B? All that's at stake Damn, is $100 that's, that's a given to that our I central don't bank need. digital currency account, Pat, that we desperately need.
2: Uh, that That is such a great headline that I don't even know which one it could be, so I'm just going to go with not to be. I, I have no clue. Well,
0: you are correct, and I present to you Exhibit A.
1: With intelligent extraterrestrials. Something I can't discuss in public setting. And was this documentary evidence, video, photos, eyewitness, like how would that be determined? The specific
2: documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. So, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have, but who in the government either, what agency, sub-agency, what contractors? Who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there?
2: I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those.
1: And, And how soon can we get that list?
2: I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing.
1: Super. Thank you. And I yield back
0: uh non-human biologics
2: were they i i have questions are are we talking we all have questions here
0: pat because they are talking about piloted aircraft or this is as close to an admission that aliens exist as i have ever seen
2: is this is this are we talking like like non-biologists like et or little green men or no, no, are we no talking they're talking like about biological AI. they're talking biological
0: okay what they're talking uh-huh. about non-human biological so they're not are they talking about like you know um the biological like amoebas that we can't see or <laughs> just piloting random crashed aircraft that are non-human in nature? Uh I doubt that highly. Are we talking about like uh what's the guy from uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, uh Squid is it Squidward? The the uh octopus looking?
2: Yes, that's Squidward. We're we talking like Squidward I,
0: biologics? I, or what what the hell is going on? By the way, Pat. I, again, I have to ask you: Have you checked out uh, the secrets of Skinwalker Ranch on History Channel yet?
2: So, so I, because isn't Skinwalker Ranch? Isn't it? Is it out in Nevada in or is Utah? It, or is it in Utah? Here, it is in so, Utah. Like, I know it's in know uh, Eastern Utah. I know people that have gone to it. Um, I haven't checked out the documentary. I, I it's not a documentary. It's a, it's a TV show, multiple seasons okay. now. <laughs> OK, well, in either case, I, I kind of I, I don't really get into that kind of stuff. It kind of freaks me out. I know people that have been out there and have claimed to have seen some really freaky dicky type stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I have no desire to even go there. None, none whatsoever. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't I, have a desire I, to
0: go there. Don't get me wrong. I have a desire to know the truth, right? I, I, I love seeking out the truth. And, um,
1: For you me know, in this people case, are like, England well, split.
0: but, 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 uh, but, you know, um, God, like, I, I don't understand how you can't square a belief in God in, in this. Do you know what I'm saying? I, okay.
1: Sure.
0: Right. I, it's not that hard to square the two. It really isn't. But anyway, um, just, just did we just. Admit aliens exist in, in a congressional hearing I, for real, for the first time ever. Did that really just happen?
2: I mean, that's probably the closest. To, I don't think they flat out admitted it, but that's probably the closest thing I've ever seen.
0: I just Now, we also had former intelligence uh, chief Christopher Menlin um, saying that he believed the U.S. has recovered technology that did not originate on this earth. Ahead of a scheduled congressional hearing about UFOs, Mellon uh, said America may have in our possession off-world technology recovered from someone else's space program. Uh, Marvel called and they would like their movies back. I, can we also, like, I here's, here's a great idea for Hollywood. Given what is going on in the real world right now, I would love to see, like, a remake of these cheesy 1950s, 60s, like, alien space invader movies. And what I mean by remakes of them is, like, like original versions. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is a genre that needs a revival. That's what I think. Also, I would like to see a revival of the original Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, that would be Fantastic. It is one of my top five shows of all time. I love that show to death.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Hey. Have you I, never I, seen I will, Mystery Science Theater 3000?
2: Oh, it's been many, many years ago, but yes, I've seen it. It, it
0: doesn't it. hurt that I actually know the creator and uh, mm. and uh, human host of that program. Um, he, he did happen to uh, graduate high school with my father, so. But I digress. Um, yeah, it is also a fantastically written show and humorous as all hell. But I I really think we need a revival of that genre. You want to you want to bring Hollywood back. This is how you do it. Take take the current UAP, UFO, however you want to put it, Craze, and spin it. Be creative. Uh, oh, wait. They're on strike because AI. What? So I guess we're not going to see it. But anywho, Mr. Padoni, are you ready to dive into, as we talked about, promises that donald trump had made on the campaign trail and how much of it and it's not even on the campaign trail per se because we all know that candidates of all stripes are willing to say lots of things to get elected that they don't really mean Mm -hmm. but what i am saying is that he created a platform of i would say about four to five major things themes of his candidacy right Number one on that list for me was the repeal of Obamacare. Because we were under the boot in 2015 of the inaction of Obamacare in its raising of our premiums of health care, right? I would say number two is probably building a wall, and Mexico is going to pay for it.
2: <clears throat> That's but number the funny three. One for me.
0: Suspending of immigration from terror-prone places, right? Uh, So it wasn't just building a wall. It was also protection from illegal immigration and immigration from terror-prone places, okay? Number four on this list, cutting taxes for everybody, okay? And number five, lowering the business tax rate. I think those are probably the five main themes that he kind of ran on, is that Businesses are being taxed out of be out of staying here in the US.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Americans are being overtaxed. And we're going to lower taxes for everybody. Number th- number two would have been building a wall, Mexico's going to pay for it. I can make an argument that it's probably the one that people remember the most, but mm-hmm. I I believe the one that he campaigned the most on was the repeal and replacement of Obamacare.
2: Yeah, which that failed miserably.
0: The replacement and, of it, yes.
2: Yeah, well, so like they they they'll they'll blame people like Paul Ryan or uh, John McCain at the time for for blocking any ideas of replacement or, or not being able to get it pushed through or whatever 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 position you want to take. They're, they're going to say, well, that wasn't Trump's fault. That was the <coughs> the, 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 the Congress's fault. What happened to to cutting cutting deals and 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 negotiating and, and supposedly being you know this this master deal maker when it came to that? What what happened? I personally I would have been fine if they just got rid of Obamacare completely. So
0: I don't know that you because of how Obamacare was
2: written, I don't right. know that
0: you could do it that way. That's that's the problem.
2: Is that oh, I, uh, I I see that point. I'm just saying, yeah. personally but, speaking, but Pat.
0: Let, mm-hmm. let's deal with these in 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 the buckets that they exist in. So let's take the Obamacare. Okay. A very good president would have delivered on his number one policy objective, and I think the number one policy objective back in 2015 2016 would have been that repeal and replace of Obamacare. Did it happen? It definitely didn't get replaced. No. And it never got repealed. I mean, parts of it got repealed, right? See, this is where I was going to go. So what what happened? Well, we need to remember that in 2017, okay, so Mm. the height of the Trump aura, if you will, right, from a presidential (coughs) standpoint... <clears throat> well, guess what happened in 2017? Three GOP senators defected and voted against the repeal of Obamacare. At the height of his ability to whip up Team GOP, right? Right, right. The repeal of Obamacare failed. You can't replace something you haven't even repealed. What did go on? Well, the party did successfully neutralize the penalty on people who were able to afford insurance but chose not to buy it. So what did they do? They took the teeth out of Obamacare. That's really what they did. The
2: individual mandate, if you will. Right. It was
0: obviously one of the least popular provisions in the Affordable Care Act.
2: Didn't Trump get rid of that via executive order, though?
0: No. Well... It wasn't executive order. It was in the 2017 tax bill. And uh-huh. what they, because remember, we have to go backwards to remember that John Roberts, <laughs> um, such a mixed bag with him. Holy smokes. <clears throat> is it a mixed intellectual bag with him? But John Roberts created what? The constitutionality of a penalty under the tax code for right. purchasing a product. So, they, they failed on the singular bill of repealing Obamacare. But what did they do in the one of the subjects that we're going to talk about later in the tax bill of 2017? They set the penalty because it's a tax bill, right? This was a tax. According to whom? Where did it fall under? According to whom? According to John Roberts, this was a tax. This falls under the purview of being something that can be regulated. So what did they do? They set the penalty to zero. There is no monetary penalty. They can penalize you all you want, except for you're going to pay zero for it, right? So they neutralized the individual mandate that way. Now, that didn't wipe out Obamacare. It still exists today. Right. Now, it did open the door to a multi-state lawsuit That led to a federal judge in Texas to declare the entire law unconstitutional. However, the U.S. Supreme Court agreed to have heard the appeal, but not before October of 2020, right? A ruling then came in 2021. Now, we all know that Obamacare still exists. It did rule the individual mandate to have been unconstitutional, by the way, but The teeth of Obamacare still exists. And there was no consensus on a plan to replace Obamacare. None. Again, we have argued that you could, if I had my druthers, you would simply wipe it out and it wouldn't exist.
2: Right. That was my thing.
0: Now, I also have argued that if you are going to replace it is very simple. the government will provide you with catastrophic coverage and the rest of it is open to the free market. Then what do I mean by that? Because what is the most expensive thing that happens to a lot of people, Pat? And the thing that gets them with their premiums right now, the catastrophic things that happen, cancer, Mm. major surgeries, um, yada, 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 right? You get into an accident and you break like 20 bones, um, brain cancer, lung cancer, whatever cancer you can think of, um, major knee reconstructive surgeries or hip replacements or blah, 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 right? And then we have long talked about how preventative care, right, can be very cheap if you allow the free market to work because you're not hiring as a doctor 20 people to do the paperwork. You might have two. You've reduced your overhead, thus you don't have to charge as much. We've talked about um, places like kind of like Forward and some other kind of co op if you will, type of um, health care, like primary care, in which people pay into a pool, they pay a monthly fee, $75 or $50 or whatever have you, every month, and you get unlimited care at that facility. What are they able to do? They're able to batch the amount of potential MRIs and yada, yada, yada that might have to be farmed out, right? And you're going to pay 50 cents on the dollar for it. Again, because both sides are reducing their overhead costs, their cost of dealing with insurance and regulation and da, 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 right? So that MRI that might cost you $1,000 to your insurance It's going to get billed at $500. Would you rather pay $500 or build that $1,000 into your premium? What are the chances that you actually need an MRI that year? Right? Insurance is always a bet, but we have failed to understand the need for insurance. Like you look at your car, right? Again, we make these arguments all the time about your car, about your house, all that stuff. You have these insurance policies for what? Catastrophe. Really bad things that cost a crap ton of money happen and insurance should be there to help you with that. We do a really bad job of that. And we do a bad job because we inflate the mundane costs and then super inflate the costs of catastrophic things. All right, that all having been said, it's very clear that he never repealed and replaced Obamacare, right? I think we can no, all agree yeah. upon that. I, I don't see anybody who would make an argument one other way than that. Now, secondly, Pat, build a wall and make Mexico pay for it.
2: I and mean, he built part of a wall? And but whom Mexico paid paid sure as hell didn't pay for it. We did. Hmm. And how would Mexico have paid for it? I don't actually remember what the ideal was of how he was going to make them pay for he it. He
0: didn't have one, Pat.
2: It was uh, rhetorical. Yeah, it was a rhetorical. Okay. I, flirt. I, 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 I thought that's where this was going, but I just I'm like, did he actually say something on how he was going to make them do it? Because uh, I don't. remember.
0: I, I have ways that this could have economically been the case, right? You can make an argument that if you um, increased the tariff, if you you know did something with trade, right, that 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 eventually they would have been paying for it. The other part of this would have been making them actually physically go after the cartels, right? That that would have been a way that Mexico would have paid for this wall is that, by the way, you're going, we're going to build the wall and you're going to go after the cartels once and for all. Now, <clears throat> I think it's, it's clear as day that he would have loved to have built the wall that he attempted to do so. I will give him this credit. He did attempt at it. Here's the problem. It's the way he went about it that got him in hot water because it was tied up in red tape. It was blocked by um, various circuits of the federal uh, judge or federal uh, court system. So he had a lot of problems. But the main problem is that this was always going to fail. That's the main problem. Anybody who believed this to have been true. I always argued during the 2016 election cycle amongst my friends is that, yes, he might be able to build the wall, but he ain't going to ever get Mexico to pay for it. And if you believe that, again, I have a bridge to this wonderful beach in South Dakota to sell you. (coughs) It just ain't going to happen. It doesn't exist. It won't happen. So So I ask a question. Is that, is that a mark of a very good presidency? One of your, yeah, both man. of your top two legislative and core issue, right? Two of your biggest core issues at play were utter failures. Oh, oh great. You didn't get people to be fined by Obamacare, right? By the individual mandate. Okay, so you took the teeth out of Obamacare, but did you actually replace them? Ob- so we still have government-subsidized medicine. That's bad, period, amen. That is terrible, period, amen. We don't have this issue. We, we have no wall. Texas is... B- putting up blockade buoys at, at on the Rio Grande, right? And being sued by the federal government somehow cuz that makes logical sense. But but hey, um <clears throat> the wall. Oh, and by the way, he's still campaigning on it as we talk about it for the 2024 election.
1: Mm-hmm, as if he
0: mm-hmm. uh, magically come up with some idea that that'll whatever. So, The third one, suspending immigration from terror prone places on this one. This is
2: obviously something he did. Wasn't it eventually struck down by a federal judge, though? Way down the line. Okay.
0: It was struck down because of how it was enacted and then it was reenacted. So Syria, Libya, other, I think Iran was one. Um, Mm -hmm. I forgot where else, but where there was real terrorist uh, threats, he did block, period, carte blanche, all immigration suspended from those countries. That happened. That was a real thing. So he kept his promise there. So we're one for three three. Mm -hmm. on the major promises. Cut taxes for everybody. This is a harder one for me because this is really a subjective thing Mm -hmm. because it is the lens and the accounting lens that you look at this through that matters. I would suggest that this is way more promise kept than promise denied because the VAT, I, you can make the argument that every tax bracket got better in terms of its shrinkage of, or it's outright cut in the the rate, right? And what I mean by shrinkage of? So the amount of money that you would actually owe, your tax rate might have not gone down, but the amount of money you actually would owe went down based off of either credits or rebates or whatever you want to call it, right? From the federal government, like increasing the child tax credit or, or incentivizing something else and, and, and keeping your rate the same right? That, that happened for, I believe, the, the bottom two tax rates, right? Where y- you got more money back in your pocket, but your tax rate didn't change. So I believe that this is a much closer to true than not. So we're, what, batting 50-50 right now on the top five promises?
2: Yeah, roughly.
0: And then fifth, lower the business tax rate. Again, I think this is another one that is closer to true, but somewhat not. Because what was his promise on the campaign trail? 15% taxes for businesses. Right? hmm Okay. We do know that the business tax rate was cut from 39%. Right? We do know that. But it leveled itself at... is that the 15% that he wanted no but but Andrew it's all about compromise if 15% was your goal you start at 10 and you compromise your way to the real number this is basic negotiation 101 right Pat like if I'm if I'm a buy this is a great example if I'm the buyer's agent right and I know that the home might be overpriced or it's been sitting on the market for a really long time, which would pretend two things, not a very serious seller or that they're way overvaluing their property because in this market, holy crap, if you're sitting for a long time, you got some issues, right? Or <laughs> the third rail on that is there's a lot of actual
2: structural issues. But anyway. So two questions there. Yep. One was 15% really his goal. Or was he just saying that in terms of to get to what he really wanted, like you just pointed out? I think the second question here would be is, would you call this successful? If if we're going to go with the actual number, right? If we're mm-hmm. going to go with 15%, would you consider 16%, 17% successful with, to, to provide a margin of error?
0: Oh, absolutely I would. Absolutely. Okay. If you're in a couple of percentage points great. You're mm. you're winning. But again, this is coming from the man of the art of the deal, right? So right, again, right. what we don't know is what he thought would be the real number here. But I if he if you set the target at 15%, you failed because you didn't get there. All right? If that was your sure. start if that was your final position and your starting position, you better have the nuts. Right? You better have done your homework. You better have provided ample um, evidence of the value of the of, of the home, let's say, or whatever have you. You better have gotten all of your ducks in a row to prove your point to, to never have a negotiation. That's why I talked about 10%. And this is supposedly the man who is part of the deal. Right. And maybe all along that number was 20%, right? Maybe it was down to 20%. We got a near 20% reduction, right? Right. 18% reduction. <coughs> so can you consider it a compromised win? Absolutely you can. But what have we, what have we known about the uh Biden administration, right? And here's the problem. This should have been a permanent. This should be permanent. There are going to be no business taxes beyond this. I can make an argument why are you taxing the business when you tax the individual on everything else? Right? Right. You've taxed everybody involved in the business on every I mean what I what I think most consumers or most people who just are living life and not caring about some of the stuff don't realize is who's being taxed and how and why your products go up. Every level of the production of a piece of equipment is likely to be taxed, and then every person who has touched anything to do with that piece of equipment is taxed, and then you, the consumer, for consuming said product are also taxed on said product. And oh, by the way, the point of sale for that is also taxed, and the government regulates fees and mandates fees for the purchase of that, right? Through not just sales taxes, but actual fees and and regulations that go into it. So like for instance, Mastercard and Visa, right? There are some regulated fees that the government mandates that they pass on. And a lot of businesses just eat those fees rather than passing them on to the consumer because it would increase the price at the front end. That's why some people believe in just a raw sales tax so that you understand the actual real cost of the product. The real cost of the product is you're going to pay what is right there on that sticker, right? No questions asked anymore. It, it makes it really difficult for people to, to comprehend the amount of taxes that go in. I think I read somewhere that it could be as much as 100 different taxes go into building a uh, a car. It's insane, the amount of tax that goes into it. But all that notwithstanding, I would consider this uh, a win because it is a reduction and a significant reduction. That having been said, is it the 15% he promised? No.
2: So so by that lens then, I mean, I think we gave him, what, three out of five?
0: I'd say two and a half out of five because I I, I, I just – Again, winning for Donald Trump here is not about compromise. He's the man of the art of the deal, right? The, the win here should have been, I'm going to do 10% and 15% is where I want to be. You don't have to say the 15% out loud. You're saying I'm reducing business taxes to 10% to kickstart the economy, to continue to bring businesses back here, to um, kickstart innovation in this country, right? hmm so I, I'll, I'll give it two and a half because I think this is a massive compromise and it was some sort of a win. Maybe I'll give this the win and the Obamacare situation um, maybe a, a half a point, right? On, on the scale, because they did neuter. Like, the, there's no importance to the individual mandate, so really the teeth of it are gone. Now, The flip side of all of this, Pat, is those are the promises. He also enacted really sharp tariffs on China when then coupled with what COVID-19 did what to our supply chain. It was already gummed up, right? Heading into 2020, it was already beginning to to see a, a backlog because ship's From China were magically delayed, right? Or they were starting that process, right? And it only exacerbated because of COVID and all the the shutdowns and all of that sort of stuff. We also need to know that on the flip side of some of these promises, and even if you believe the tax cuts on both business and personal were great, grand, and wonderful, which for the most part are any reduction in your taxes is a win for me, based off of my worldview. But, but on the flip side of that, you cannot cut taxes and then increase government spending by almost a trillion dollars every year that you're in office. So you cannot say that you were fiscally responsible in any way, shape or form. There's no fiscal responsibility from Donald Trump in the GOP. There was
2: none. I I would also. He was the first
0: president with a with a uh, trillion dollar deficit every year.
2: I, I would also argue that one of maybe not necessarily one of his main promises, but one of his bigger promises was to reduce the government debt. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Yep. Um, and, and then,
0: so. and then let's also not forget mm. he he promised that he would
2: eliminate
0: eliminate the national debt within his first four years.
2: Oh yeah, no way that now was that was happen.
0: never going to happen. The only way mm. that that would have happened is if we cut the budget by about 50%, right? Every year and paid it towards the, like hey, we're going to collect all the money. We're here's what we're going to do America. We're collecting all of the money and we're going to take the debt and over the course of those 4 years we're going to pay it down, pay it down, pay it down, pay it down. Right? And even so, then it would have only been about 2 trillion dollars per year. So over the course of 4 years that's 8 trillion dollars off of what at the time would have been about a $24 trillion national debt, right? At the very beginning, right. I believe it was somewhere around 22 to $24 trillion. So at that point, you've reduced it by $8 trillion. So you're down to, what, 14?
2: Well, no, down to, down to 16. Down
0: to $16 Yeah, down to $16 trillion. Is that a significant reduction? Yes, but you would have yes. had to have gone all eight years. The only other way would have been saying uh, no discretionary spending. Do you think that was going to pass Congress? It was never uh, realistic. Now, I would have loved to have seen somebody actually pay down that debt, like physically pay it down, pay down our national credit card would be a fantastic idea. But the problem is that we continue to spend, 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 and pump trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars of dollars, into our economy. If we don't if we do that what happens? You inflate your debt. You make your debt worse. Now, I've also argued from the consumer side of things, yes, it is inflationary. But I want you to think about this. Are prices of your home or prices of of things that you purchase that ha- would have value down the road, okay? Things that you want to invest in. If you are investing with soft dollars right now, right? Like crap tons of money out out in the open. What do you think happens when the monetary supply tightens? What do you think happens to the values?
2: Those values go down.
0: Not necessarily. So what happens when the monetary supply towards, let's say your house or some really valuable investment, right? What happens? So what happens is that $750,000 home continues to be a $750,000 home with really solid value behind it. It's not a house of cards anymore, right? So the inflationary price of your home, it continues to rise. Your home will continue to appreciate in value, but your your buying power goes down. Right mm. now, your buying power is at its maximum. And I've talked about this for over a year. Why? Because you're borrowing against a weak dollar. When the dollar becomes stronger, right? Do you think that $750,000 home is still worth $750,000? Hell yeah, it is. But it's worth $750,000 of strong dollars, right? So the dollar being worth more than it was when you paid for it. That's the concept that people need to realize right now is why do you want to buy a home or take money and put it into an investment property in real estate or in other tangible, sellable, quick, liquid assets? Because it's a weak dollar. Because your dollar, it, I hope you understand this, right? When when you invest low, sell high, right? It's the same concept. Right of regular investing. But what you're doing is you're, you're making a bet that I'm going to borrow. I am borrowing against the dollar when it's at its weak point. And I'm going to sell when it's at a higher point. Because when you take that strong dollar, you now have way more power, purchasing power going forward. It is very likely that once we see the dollar become stronger, that you will see your interest rate on a mortgage loan go down, and that home price stay the same or increase because of the mortgage rate. So guess what? That seven hundred fifty thousand dollar home could become a million dollars. Isn't isn't that a win? And oh by the way, that million dollars is a million dollars that's worth one dollar per instead of fifty cents per seven hundred fifty thousand. You've won. You bought 750,000 at 50 to one, right? And you sell at a million at one to one. You've really won on the amount of money that you just made based off the strength of the dollar, the increase in the profitability of your home and all of those things. And that that goes for all sorts of tangible investments. Here's the problem, though, with the Trump presidency. They spent like drunken sailors, and it's the same thing. He enacted modern monetary theory. He increased the tariffs, spent government money like it was going out of style, and then, oh, by the way, we're going to cut taxes. And yes, they did take in record amounts into the coffers, right, during his presidency. We saw that. Here's the rub. They also spent record amounts. You can't do that. You can't do those so in two case, things mm-hmm, and expect in the, the economy to do well. Overall, Pat, as we look at this, the final question to you, have I laid a case out for him being a very good president?
2: Now, Mediocre the only other
0: best. thing I can say about this is the judges, right? We haven't even talked about that.
2: But I think that we haven't talked about his foreign policy either.
0: Right. I'm just strictly looking at the promises made. Were they kept? And more importantly, where did we land prior to COVID? We seem to have, for me, Pat, my answer to the question is he was not that great of a president. He was able to ride the coattails of some really good periods of our economy he rided he rid the height the hike up the mountain right and he would have in my estimation gone down the backside at some point because we were on a what 10 15 ish year ride right up the top of the towards the top of the mountain right that's where we were at mm-hmm. I don't see a very good presidency here. I really don't. I I don't see solid economics. I see some really big foreign policy wins, like getting Israel and Saudi Arabia and and some of those Arab countries to kind of play nice together, right? But again, we're still seeing some crumbling of that relationship. What he did with Iran, pretty good. I can make an argument that overall his foreign policy was probably the best part of his presidency i believe the judges are kind of a mixed bag i believe that you know his drain the swamp rhetoric never materialized and he'll blame bureaucracy and unions for that but well, there are plenty of ways around that. Part of that
2: bureaucracy yeah
0: yeah and the easiest way around that bureaucracy mm-hmm. defund it right no nah, no, nope that agency doesn't exist anymore or that sub agency or this or that not nah. Sorry, out of the budget, you you no longer exist. If if there's no money, there's no job. Screw your union. So I I just I struggle with the major promises that were not kept and were never going to be kept because they were unrealistic. I also struggle with him basically giving us modern monetary theory on a sil- on a silver platter. And then I also struggle with how he dealt with the bureaucracy. He kept Comey. He did all of those other things. There's more to hit him on than to celebrate. That's my big thing with him. So I can't, I can't go down the road that others go down of. He was a very good president. Now that's to say this though, real quick, Pat, and I'm going to let you hmm. have the final word on this subject. Um, That's also not to say that he was a worse option than Joe Biden in the 2020 election. All of that, all of that wrapped up to say, if I'm picking between these two individuals, because the libertarian candidate for me was not consistent enough in terms of defending liberty and what, where they went with BLM and, and some of those other things, I just couldn't pull the trigger for Joe. So, that having been said, of the other two major options available to us, lesser of two evils, the devil I do know, and and one that had some wins to him. <clears throat> Your final thoughts on that subject and the show?
2: Uh, I, I mean, here's the thing. I, I think a lot of, I go back to my original premise. I think a lot of people when they are saying, well, Trump was a great president, they're comparing him to Obama, they're comparing him to Bush. They might even be comparing him to Joe Biden at this point. Again, the bar is not high. If, 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 you're, if your bar is, is, well, his policies were better than Obama and Biden and Bush, and he was mm-hmm. more effective in certain areas, and the economy, bro. But then forget to negate all of that once COVID hit, and then also the record spending on top of it um, that are, that have contributed to a lot of the inflationary problems that we have today. Then, then yeah, the the bar is not high. Okay, um, it, at best, if we were gonna if we were going to give a, a measurement for greatness, I would think the bar would be higher than this and if that's true if that's true if if we are willing to hold ourselves to a higher standard mm-hmm. okay and 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 not just settle for the lesser of two evils which is what my argument was back in 2016 is we were settling for the lesser of two evils by going with Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton i'm tired of playing that game i want greatness i think i think the country deserves better if that's the case if that's the bar that we want to go with, then at best, at best, looking at his presidency, it was a mediocre record.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a very fair assessment of what went on. I think that's an absolutely very fair assessment. Again, I think what we look at it through is this lens of life before COVID was great, grand, super wonderful, everything was great. And that's rose-colored glasses.
2: It is. And
0: with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show.
2: Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And if anything of of what the uh, discussion of Donald Trump's presidency is today, I think the lesson should be never settle.
0: Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today and always. As always, Matthew 547.